that was the biggest thing for me is like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, be here tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be sober tomorrow, but I'm going to be sober for one more day. You know, I'm going to exercise for one more day. I'm going to show up for myself one more day. And then all of a sudden a day turns into a week, turns into a month. Those affirmations, a day turns into a week, turns into a month. And then all of a sudden you start building this momentum and it just starts really like kind of getting crazy. But, you know, it was just one of those things where like I just told myself I have to show up today. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, I am fired up today. I have Andre Rocha with us. Andre is a local agent in my market where I work that I have been following for a couple years on social media. This is a guy who has been very open publicly about his process and his journey in overcoming alcohol and depression and really the mindset battles and challenges necessary. And this has hit me right here in the heart, right in the feels, because of the fact that I have friends and family members that have gone through similar difficult journeys. And there's nothing that gets me more excited than watching a man overcome his struggles, overcome his mindset. And so honor, I cannot thank you enough for being on this with us today. So please, if you are willing, like take us in behind the scenes. What was life like for you two years and in, in the, more in the past? And then start taking us into today. Yeah, no, first and foremost, Matt, really appreciate you having me on the show. I, I, I feel very grateful to be able to be on here today and kind of share my story. So let's let's really talk about a decade because this is kind of an issue that I was dealing with for a decade previous to, you know, me finally having the courage to just say, hey, like I need to I need to change my life. So for the past 10 years, I struggle with alcohol and addiction, you know, um, you know, whatever it was that I had an issue with. If it wasn't that, then everything else was fair game. And so I was just kind of tricking myself um, in, in, in basically like, well, if I'm not doing this, everything else is on the table is okay. And so my, 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 basically my life was just in turbulence. It was going up and down and up and down and up and down. And um, I just didn't have any consistency. And it, and it was because I had pain. I had a lot of pain. I had these things that I was dealing with that I was kind of like blocking out. Well, um, and I'd Long like to dive into short. the up and downs. So yes. like what was an up for you and what was a down? So um, I was a business over, owner previous to being in real estate. You know, at a very young age in my early 20s, you know, I, I was on top of the world. You know, I had a business. I was doing very well for myself. I was in the sports nutrition industry. Um, and I was living the high life. You know, I thought that I made it, quote unquote. But it's like you're 23. Like you're tasting things like money and status and all these things for the first time. Like it can go a very uh wrong way if you if you if you don't have that mutual respect and work for it so the highs would be in my early 20s man i was in fantastic shape you know i had went through a weight loss transformation um in my early 20s i was a business owner and then boom i, I you know as far as a, a high, high point would go so that would be uh, the high point that i would say would would have been like the biggest high um before you know, the, the, the low. So that was a high point. Um, then I had some personal shortcomings where I had substance abuse issues. I had to go, you know, uh, to rehab, take care of those issues. And then, um, sold my businesses, came back to Manteca. And then I was like, Hey, what am I going to do? Well, one of my 
uh, I consider a brother, but Jordan Camara, I'm, I'm sure you know Jordan. Jordan had said, hey, have you thought about real estate? You know, you were in, you know, a personal service industry. He said, I think you would do fantastic in real estate. So I got into real estate and started working for Jordan, um, was getting some sober time for myself. And then I started, you know, working in real estate, you know, in 2016, starting going, getting good, getting good, getting good. And then I got greedy and I fell into old habits. You know, I was getting good again, had a high point. And then about 2019 is when I really, middle of 2019, I ended up going on my own. And then uh, that didn't work out. And, you know, my substance abuse and alcohol issues just, and coupled with depression, just took the 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 best of me and then i went into that next deep low which i would i feel like is my deepest low yeah um, before we dive into I was the deep low using... i'd like to top and you, you mentioned the the phrase greedy so was that with like commission splits was that on the real estate side or was that greedy in a different way um i think greedy in like thinking that having that false uh that false image that i made it and greedy in the sense of like only caring about myself and, and nobody else. Like, you know, I'm a person who uh, really believes in having a servant's heart now and all these things. So that's naturally who I was, but I was letting the money, you know, going out to clubs, you know, those kinds of things really cloud my judgment where I was being greedy with myself and I lost sight of that compassion in that, you know, person with the servant's heart that would take his shirt off his back for anybody. So as far as the greedy part goes, um, to answer your question, I feel like that's kind of my mind was just completely um, on more selfish things, focused on more selfish things than it was focused on, um, than it was focused on like from the heart, compassion, having a servant's heart, things of those nature. Awesome. And so that led you into the worst state you had been in in your entire life around 2019. Yeah, around 2019, uh, I ended up getting out of real estate. I ended up um, going out on my own, um, getting out of real estate. And then um, that's when it really started. You know, I, I basically was just started really drinking heavily. And um, this was right before, like right before the pandemic was, you know, starting. Um, and I was unemployed and then I got employed in March. I was working at a hotel. I was doing security like three days a week where at night I was just walking around, you know, surveying everything. And then I would leave at like 12 or two o'clock in the morning it was. And I was working a W-2 job. I was no longer a business owner. I was working for someone else. And um, so I'd got out of a bad relationship too. Um, and so it just kind of shifted towards being lazy. I was barely making it by. My family was supporting me. I wasn't even supporting myself. And um, I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of depression. And so I was working this W-2 job, then ended up working front desk at this hotel um, and just was making, I think I made like twelve or $14,000 in the year 2020, like going from doing well in real estate and kind of working on improving myself to, to all of a sudden I'm making 12, you know, 12, $14,000 a year, like that drastic, like it just didn't help my situation. And I just started really spiraling downhill. I was eating fast food. I just was hanging out at the bar every day. Like I was just not living. Um, I was, I was not living a, a great life. So 
then I'm just in this very deep, dark depression. And um, by the grace of God, um, New Year's Eve 2020, going into 2021, Jordan, um, I had got, I had quit my job um, in December, and then I started uh, my come coming back into real estate with Jordan. And so he had hired me, and uh, I got my license renewed, and I'm starting to make phone calls, things of that nature. And you know, he knows me like probably just as not as much as I know myself, if not more. And um, I didn't show up to work for a few days. Um, I just said, "Hey, look, I you know I'm not feeling well." I, just making all these excuses, but in reality, it was like I was up for like three days, like you know, just drinking and doing all these things. And uh, he came over and gave me a drug test. And, um, like it was such an eye opening experience. Like, you know, I knew what was going to come back on it. I was very aware of that, but it was one of those things where, you know, for someone that you weren't the best employee to that invested time and money and all these other things in you when they didn't have to, when you just were rebellious and just gave them every reason not to give you a helping hand comes over to my house and does that, you know, I'm obviously anxiety ridden and like shameful and everything like that. And then gives me the ultimatum and says, Hey, look, um, this is what you need to do. This is what I'm extending out to you. And, uh, gives me an opportunity that at the time I didn't deserve, but I was very glad to, to take. And, uh, three days later I showed up at um, his house and he let me live with him and his family for 30 days um, in a camping trailer that they had outside their house. Um, and, you know, the deal was you're going to get randomly drug tested. All these things are going to happen. But, like, if you can't commit to this, like, you know, I, I can't help you. And um, the rest is really history from there. I mean, for him to do that, that was the start of my definitive, like, commitment to no longer living this depressed ridden, just being the person that I was because I was making bad choices. They were dealing about outcomes. And so that was kind of the lead up. And then the real work started. I quit everything cold turkey, Matt. I didn't take time. I went straight into real estate and um, I was withdrawing. I was, you know, all these different things. Um, but that was the start of 2021 when I, you know, up until now to where I've started kind of making that change. Incredible. And so a lot of times when people are approached with like an intervention or something of that nature, they, they resist, they struggle with it. But it seems like it was, it was a positive message to you. Was it Jordan's delivery that, that made it positive or what led you to know this is, this is it. I need to do this. Well, I've let my family down, man, especially my grandparents. Those people had vested in me. They always believed in me. They did so much for me. And to be careless and, you know, they're getting up there in age and all these different things. And then also, too, like, you know, one of my other best friends, they had lost a family member um, to a fentanyl situation, to a pill that had fentanyl in it. And it was just like all these different things kind of happening at once. And it was finally just the straw that broke the camel's back was like okay this person's doing this it didn't take me till three days after he came over to my house for me to have my last hurrah if you want to you know call it that um but it was like if i don't do this now um in 2021 somebody's going to be reading my eulogy and my family's going to see me in a casket my nephew's not going to have to grow up with an uncle 
Uh, my grandparents are, are not going to be able to have, have their grandson. My, my parents aren't going to be able to have, you know, all these culmination of all these different things that I didn't, I was blocking out because, you know, I was using and drinking that really broke the, the, the straw on the camel's back. And the fact that someone that I just didn't leave on good terms with still was willing to be there and help me a culmination of all those things just really led me to say, Hey, look, like if I'm going to do, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it hundred percent and I can't do anything. I can't do any substances. I can't drink. Like I have to be in a sober, completely sober mindset if I want to take over and, and, and change kind of my life's trajectory. Wow. And then three days later, you're living in a camper in the back of Jordan's property. Describe those feelings. What's it like to be, I'm assuming there's a humbling, like you said, a shame. Describe the feelings and then the internal thoughts in those first couple of days being being on Jordan's property. Um it was like I mean you saw the picture that picture that you saw with my head that's that's like how I looked so for more than anything it was just like a humbling experience in the sense of like I went from living in my house to leaving my house to go live here it was um it was really humbling because like I, I, I think the way that I went about things was just like the purest form that you go about it. I went from, you know, living in my house, having my things to, hey, we're, we're doing the miracle morning. I'm coming in here and knocking on here at six o'clock. We're getting up. We're doing our affirmations. We're journaling, you know, so having that structure. So it was very humbling. Um, but it was one of those things where I just told myself, like, I just have to show up every day. Like, I know that this isn't going to be something that's going to, I'm going to lose, shed all this weight in a day. I'm not going to, you know, be back in my house in, in two weeks. Like there's a process and a method to this madness. So it was just humbling in the fact that I went from a house to a camping trailer. Um, yes. Um, but for me, it was just more of like having a negative bank account balance and, and truly not being able to like support myself and like being supported. I think for me, not having the financial freedom to go even afford a cup of coffee. Like that was probably the most humbling part was being broke um, and not being home. Yeah. And so in those early days, were you just grabbing all of your inspiration and energy from Jordan? Was he laying the plan and you were following it? How much agency did you feel like you had in those moments versus just following Jordan's lead? It was a collaborative effort. You know, the thing was, is I had to get up. And I had to do it, you know, um, Jordan, you know, he's building a team, he's building his business. Like I didn't want to take any more away from Jordan than Jordan was already taking away and what he was already sacrificing for me. And so, um, it was just really like, you know, my whole thing is he's giving me a place to live. He's putting food on the table for me. He's giving me a ride to work. The least that I can do is execute his plan at the highest level that I can execute it and, and just show up and give my best every day. And so for me, it was one of those things where he led the path in having compassion and, and really helping me while I was down and also helping me provide a, an income for myself. And, and, you know, in real estate, you could change your financial status in this industry, like no industry that I've ever seen. And so just really kind of building me up and doing that. So I followed his lead and then, um, and then what ended up happening is by developing those habits, I just, that was kind of my new addiction. I hate to use that word, but that was you my, my new obsession 
was we were going for walks every day. We were doing these things. And then once I came back home, I, it can't became to Jordan, you know, was the training wheels on the bike. Now I got to ride this thing by myself. So there was a, there was always a knowing that, Hey, like I'm going to take from some of the energy I'm going to take from some of the insights, but even from the beginning, I'm working on being independent. Give us as deep, give us more depth on the struggles themselves. Like what thought processes, what battles are you going through? What thoughts positively would you attach those to, to start pulling yourself little by little out of the negative? Um, like I had to have a real heart to heart with myself. I think the biggest thing diving deep into it, I'm sure you may have heard of a program called 75 hard, but like the realest thing that happened for me, if we want to kind of dive deep in it is the day before I started last March, I had this like conversation in the mirror. Like people would have probably thought I was crazy. Just the way I was talking to that person in the mirror. But, um, it was one of those things was like, I was just naming off all the things that I didn't like about myself. And I, what I realized is when I was in a sober mind that instead of like having these things be numb to them and having them blocked out, like you have to sit there and you have to take personal responsibility for all these things, all these uh, F ups, all these crazy poor decisions, the people you've affected. It's like the weight of the world just kind of sits on you and you have to just face the reality of everything and you have to do it without you know, cheating yourself and doing a substance or, or anything like that. So for me, I had it like, I don't want to be an absentee family member. I don't want Jordan um, to feel like he should have never given me opportunity. I don't want to go back to the lifestyle. I am sick of being depressed. I'm sick of being over 300 pounds. I just had to call myself out on my own BS and just really tell myself like i don't want to feel like this i don't want to look like this i i never want to be in this position again and you know just really thinking about the type of man that i owe it to myself to be the type of man god wants me to be um and just the type of person that i need to be if i want to have a family if i want to have a spouse if i want to have success if i if i truly want to make an impact to this world so i just had this really like gut-wrenching like david goggins like um conversation with myself well it was all all hands on deck and i just had to really get down to not being a victim and taking responsibility that my life is the way that it is right now because of the the collection of decisions that I made, but more so that I bury that hatchet that dies with me today. And we're just going full speed ahead. And we are just going to change this thing um, because I'm capable of it. And also because I owe it to myself. And that's kind of, you know, as far as the deep, like I had to have those tough conversations with myself um, and take that personable responsibility in order to, how can I get, provide a solution for myself if I'm not being real with, with the issues and the problems? And so that was kind of a culmination, you know, to summarize what I did, um, you know, and kind of the thoughts I had and, and being so sick of feeling that way that I just made that promise. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to that. So let's say I'm standing there with you by the mirror you know, looking over your shoulder, you don't know I'm there. How are you delivering this? Are you yelling at the mirror? Are you crying in front of the mirror? You like, what's happening? It's all hands on deck. I mean, you want to talk about every cuss word in the book. It's just like, you are a piece of shit. You are a loser. You are all these things. Like, are you sick of being like, it was just a very, um, 
it was, it was a very, like, I was yelling, like you could probably hear me from a block away. Like it was like, I was just ferocious. I was really just unleashing all that anger, all that pain, imagining, Hey, in 10 years, if you keep doing this, like, how, what is your life going to look like? I just, I, I almost, it was at a point where I kind of blacked out with the conversation that I was having in the mirror because it was just so intense on how I was having this conversation with myself. But I was like, I was like berating myself. I was belittling myself. I was, I was just all these, this 10 years of just being a piece of junk, like just flew out of my mouth on this, you know, and it just projected it into this mirror. And so it was, it was very chaos, chaotic, I, I, I must say. And it was just like, I was like in a yelling match, like with the mirror, just letting all the anger, frustration and, and everything out. And was this a one-time thing? Was this a daily thing? So the initial one, it was like a huge, like, it was, like I said, you know, you have 10 Like years an orchestra of, almost of, of emotion and, and hardship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, uh, you know, but, um, after that, you know, it was having those, having those talks with myself every day, you know, because I'm inside this brain 24 hours a day and, and especially just becoming sober and working on that and the shame of, you know, having to deal with all the mistakes, all these different things. I had to have that chat with myself every day, but the chats were more affirmation based after that conversation and not so much like not so much like being hard on myself that day it was like being hard on myself and letting all that out but moving forward it was more of like affirmation you know affirmations i was having that conversation with myself through affirmations so when you wrote your affirmations was it something like you took all the negatives like here's what i don't want to be and then thought of all the positives what you wanted to be and then just literally kind of like line by line or how did you come to your affirmations? Yeah. So my affirmations, it's really easy to say, I am strong. I am powerful. Right. But it's not what I realized is I was so general, like, you know, previous to that I was very general, but it's, it's more specific, you know? So, um, you know, instead of like, I am, you know, a, uh, you know, I am, I'm, you know, an addict or, you know, I'm, I'm an alcoholic or this and that, like, you know, I am a, a sober person who, who navigates through the day without having to use a substance or, you know, things of that nature. So it was basically, I was flipping those, as you kind of mentioned, I was anything that I was negative, I was just spinning that in a positive. So instead of saying I am an addict, you know, I am not an addict and alcoholic, you know, instead of saying I am weak and depressed, you know, I am strong and committed to living a better life, you know, so things. And so it, I was just basically, like you said, doing the opposite. How are you convincing yourself I mean, sure, now two years, probably easy, right? 730 some odd days of success. But on day one, day two, anything less than probably day 10 or 20, how are those affirmations feeling? And how, how, what was the process to make them real? Um, it was one of those things where Ed Milet uh, came out with his book, The Power of One More. So that was the biggest thing for me is like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, be here tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be sober tomorrow, but I'm going to be sober for one more day. You know, I'm going to exercise for one more day. I'm going to show up for myself one more day. And so what it ended up happening was, of course, initially, you're not going to believe it. But if you speak it into existence enough, then you're going to kind of be like that locomotive that a train, you know, to get a train going, it takes a while. But once it gets going, that thing starts hauling. So it was just really kind of how can I win each day? 
and and the one decision that I can make every day that is going to provide the most possible best outcome for Andre is by not using and not drinking, you know, and then all of a sudden a day turns into a week, turns into a month, those affirmations, a day turns into a week, turns into a month. And then all of a sudden you start building this momentum and it just starts really like kind of getting crazy. But, you know, it was just one of those things where like, I just told myself, I have to show up today. When I wake up, I have to show up. I have to be grateful. Um, I have to speak what I want in this world in existence. And I got to work my freaking ass off every day, you know, and uh, just those kind of stacking up. It's kind of what led to it. Now, as far as it being easier today, you know, the interesting thing is, as you know, once you hit some sort of goal, you know, is, is setting that next goal for yourself. And so for me, I never wanted to be like complacent if that makes sense. And so, um, there's a level of difficulty as I go up because I'm continuing to challenge myself because I realize, you know, quitting cold Turkey, doing all the hard stuff that anyone avoids take, everybody wants to take the path of least resistance. But what I, what I realized is when I was meeting resistance with persistence, I was overcoming that. And all of a sudden I could take on a lot more, all of a sudden I can handle a lot more. And, um, the funny thing is, is, is I do find like a lot of peace and suffering. And so the reason why I'm really big on, on going and working out and doing these crazy things or challenging myself is because like, I really feel like those painful times are what really help you as an individual. And, and those, those, those are the moments of the greatest growth is because like you're challenging yourself on something. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know, you're going to give your best. And then all of a sudden what you thought your best was yesterday there ends up being 10%, 20% more in the tank. Um, and then that changes relative to, you know, how, how farther, how farther you go and the more you challenge yourself. Wow. So you talk about momentum. And so I know for me, I I'm in a battle with food a lot too. So you and I have some similarities on the food battle. And I know like when I get super clean for like three weeks, it seems like around the two or three week mark, it's just like, there's something about my body that changes. It's like, it releases some of that hardcore addictive property to, to food. When was the momentum happening for you and your journey? Um, when I started walking. So when I first started walking, uh, Jordan's property had a trail behind it. So we would go walking and we would walk three times a week and, um, I would walk a half mile and want to throw up. Like I was so like out of shape, you know, this and that. And so I started walking and I started eating better and I started feeling better, you know, in the midst of, in the midst of like going through the withdrawal stage and just every, my body was chemically like just all these different things. And so I was realizing being out in nature was giving me some sort of endorphin release, just the, the sun hitting me, whatever it was like that was making me feel good. And I was just eating a little bit better. And all of a sudden I started seeing results. Um, and then um, I think the big thing for me where I really started steamrolling was 75 hard. Like I, I would recommend that to anybody who's coming out of recovery. You know, you really want to change your, your mind around mental toughness, all these different things. But like the commitment that I had to make to this program and being the naive person I am, I saw somebody say that they were doing it without even researching it. I went on social media and I said, hey, everybody, I'm going to do 75 hard. And then I found out and figured out what I was supposed to do. Well, I had already said that I was going to start it the following Monday. So I'm like, crap, like I want to change my perspective. I want to be different. Like I need to do this. So 
when I started doing 75 hard was when all of a sudden things started changing. My business tripled. I was losing weight. You know, I was feeling more confident. I was able to carry the weight of, of problems that would have crippled me. Um, I was obviously I had to follow a diet, so I needed to, to be there. And so I started seeing the results and I said, Hey, I want to get more of this. This is obviously benefiting me. I'm feeling good. And it was just like making that choice of like, Hey, there is no choice. You know, I don't want to be 300 pounds again. And, um, I just kind of like drilled that and it just became so disciplined. I became so disciplined to it and the results that I was getting from it. I didn't want to do anything different because I was just really like getting so much value and enjoyment out of clothes, having to go clothes shopping. Cause I, my clothes is too big. Um, you know, feeling more confident, you know, going on a few more dates, you know, all these different things. I just, I just didn't give myself an option other than to eat clean, work out, stay sober, you know? So I just didn't really like have the plan, a plan B on the table. I just said, here's plan A and I, this is what I have to do. And so at this point, you're continuing positive affirmations, continuing to build yourself up positively and psychologically, but it seems like you are also are still doing a fair bit of like, Hey, this is where I came from. Like, how are you balancing the the negative sides of what, what you were and the positive of where you want to be? Um, the biggest thing I think is forgiving myself. And, and ta- like I said, taking that personal responsibility, you know, I was teeter tottering into here. I was, you know, dealing with substance abuse, dealing with alcohol, a freaking loser. My family's taking care of me, negative bank account balance to all of a sudden, wow, I've never, you know, I have this much money in my bank account. I feel this good. I do this. Like, um, I did go through that, that, that mental, um, I don't want to call it a mental awakening, but that mentality of like, how can I deserve all these things that God and the universe and everybody is giving me when I was a piece of junk? Like when I was living, uh, uh, you know, I was living a, a sin, sinful, a very like sinful, consequential, catastrophic, like crazy life. Like, how can I, like, how do I deserve this? Um, and so that was like a real big phase that I went through. But what I realized about balancing out the negative is that, you know, that's part of my story. You know, that's a part of who I used to be. And I recognize that, but I'm not going to allow that person that I used to be dictate the person that I'm becoming and the person that I'm striving towards at the end of the day. So I think the thing for me was like, I, I became more um, focused on, wow, like I could have made the same choice that I was making and not be here today um, and having gratitude. I think gratitude was the biggest thing that really helped me get away from the negative. Mm. It's like how grateful I am to be able to move back into my house, to be able to support my grandparents now, to be able to you know, pay bills, go on vacations, have better relationships. I, the gratitude for me was the biggest thing that really um, got me off of the negative thoughts because I was like, well, I'm grateful for what I have. How can I build on that? Versus I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. So I think for me, the big, the big, big key thing, you know, was the getting really a grasp on the gratitude and manifesting that and really talking about the things that I was grateful for and, and telling myself two, three things I was grateful for every day, just to keep that in a perspective to help me kind of block out the negative thoughts, because those are going to be there. You know, I'm sure you have negative thoughts. Everyone does. Um, they happen, but yeah, the gratitude was really big for me. Incredible. So you mentioned sinning, you mentioned God a little bit earlier. 
it seems like there's a spiritual component to your journey. Can you tell us a little bit about like how has your spiritual side interacted with, you know, the, the you of the past and the you now? So I think we talked about it, the victim mentality becoming, you know, instead of being a victim of your circumstances, having that spiritual relationship helped me to understand that I'm an, a survivor of my experiences. So the biggest thing was when I talked about greed in my early 20s, when I felt like I was on top of the world, I was doing this, I was doing that. Like, um, I really do feel looking back at it, God gives you everything you want to see how you how you'll handle it. Right. But every time. I was doing very good. And then the demise of Andre happened. It was just, it was because I was greedy and I didn't have a spiritual presence. I didn't have a relationship with God. So his whole thing, you know, in through my experience is like, well, you know, how many times is this kid, are you going to have to learn your lesson, Andre, that like you need, I need to be the center of your life and everything else kind of revolves and works around that. And so growing up, I grew up Catholic. And it was, there was no option. I had to go to church. So I wasn't really understanding the message. When I was in catechism, it was more about like, you know, hanging out with my friends and it was kind of learning about the Bible and things of that nature. So I didn't really apply it um, at all. But, you know, through this experience uh, in, I now go to Crossroads Grace Community Church over in Manteca. Um, I started applying it. You know, I joined a growth group. I wanted to learn more about God. I wanted to learn more about the Bible. And what I realized is that Jesus hung out with sinners. I mean, you look at some of the stories in the Bible, like, you know, some of the things that these people did. So I'm like, well, of course God can love me. I mean, look at the people that he hung out with, like, and also to everything that he's putting in my life is happening for me and not to me. And the biggest thing I think my spiritual journey played a role in this is, you know, especially even when I was still using and still drinking, like I'd ask God for strength, Right. And what I've come to realize is he puts his hardships in your life to give you the strength and he puts the adversity in front of you to give you the strength. So you can ultimately like acquire that and become more of a, um, a soldier through life or a warrior and things of that nature. So really understanding that God, I'm, you know, I hate to quote Carrie Underwood, but like, Hey, you know, Jesus take the will. I am a passenger in the vehicle of life. You are driving the vehicle and I'm putting my trust and faith in you. And wherever you're taking me, you're doing it for a purpose and I'm going to endure it and I'm going to overcome it. And it's going to make me a better person. So you essentially reconnecting with your faith allowed you essentially to take a back seat, if you will, to yourself. Can you describe why taking a back seat to yourself was able to make it, you know, easier to be successful? Yeah. Well, I think everybody thinks we all think we have control over everything. And like what I've realized through my addiction and I realized through just life, like we have, we can only really influence our life. You know, we, at the end of the day, we can't control unforeseen circumstances through free will and all these different things. And so what I realized was that like nothing is if I can't control anything, if nothing is promised to me, I have to really bust my ass every day. And I have to really work hard every day with the intention of knowing that this could be my last day here. Some life altering event can happen, whatever it is. Like I just had to really just go into a place where I don't know what's going to happen. But I know right now I'm going to give my best. And if I get granted the wish and the gift of tomorrow, I'm going to give my best tomorrow. And so by sitting this back seat is I realize there's things that I can't control. There's a lot of things that I can't control. 
but I got to trust in God and I got to trust in my abilities to wake up every day and be a good human being and be faithful to him and be faithful to myself and have a servant's heart and just go out there and give my best effort. And so it eliminated any stress of trying to make a comparison of like everybody else that's my age is has this, has that, has that, like it literally removed all stress, believe it or not, from me. And it allowed me to really facilitate myself in the most efficient um, in the most efficient way possible. And by not having that cloud over my head, it just really allowed me to work hard and not worry about what I what I shouldn't be worrying about and not worry about things that may not even happen or, you know, just not really worry about anything and more so focus on like, what can I do right now to be the best version of myself? Wow. So essentially the Andre of old believes that your direction is entirely up to you. And therefore all the negative things, all the things you're not achieving are essentially put stressors upon yourself, which is probably aiding and speeding into doing alcohol, going into depression but your connection to your faith essentially allows you to say, Hey, some of these things are not in my control and therefore the stress doesn't impact you. Yeah, most definitely. I would say that's a hundred percent spot on. Very, very, very cool. Thank you for going super deep on that. So let's say somebody is two years in the past, like in your, in the journey, they're, they're struggling right now really hard and they're battling and it's just not going well. What is the advice to that person? Um, the, the first piece of advice I would say is, is don't be afraid to admit that your life has become a con uncontrollable because of certain habits that you are, don't, don't feel shameful. Don't feel guilt, you know, tell somebody and not just anybody. You don't want to tell somebody that's like doing what you're doing. Um, you want to tell somebody that you feel is reputable, significant in your life that you really aspires the life that you want. And let them know, hey, look, I have a problem. You know, I, I, I have a problem. I don't know what to do. Um, so the first thing is, is, is tell somebody what you're going through. Um, the second thing I would say would be take res personal responsibility. So admit that, hey, I have these issues in my life. Um, I understand that. Um, I've influenced these, these issues that I have in my life. And, you know, what is an immediate way that I can kind of go about about um, on being on my road to recovery, so to speak. Um, the third thing that I would recommend, and once again, this is in my experience, but go to church, get involved in, in, in a church, you know, find somebody that, you know, goes to church and ask them if you can tag along with them and, um, and tr try that. And the fourth thing I would say is like, be, be open-minded. You know, um, because you've been doing things a certain way and it's been dictating this outcome that has made you become so unlivable to the point where, you know, you're, you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what your, what your true meaning of life is. Um, you know, be open minding to trying something different. Um, so you can ultimately kind of come to the conclusion or, or, or so it can lead to that outcome that, um, that you were meant for. Um, that, that God has meant for you, so to speak. Flipping to the other side of the coin, what would be the advice to somebody who knows somebody that's struggling? How should they respond? Should they be like Jordan, show up with a drug test? What, what should be a person's response if they see somebody struggling? 
so for me, I was lucky that Jordan showed up and did that. Like I was that, that saved my life. And I tell him all the time, like, Hey man, like I'm, I get to enjoy this with you because of you. Yes, I did all the work, but you cared enough to do this. So I, I think it's kind of tough. I, I think, I think it's tough. I don't know if there's one answer for that. What I would do is I would do the same thing. You know, if that happened to somebody that I really, I would do the same thing, you know, that was done for me because ultimately like there was no option in that, and that saved my life. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, is recognizing that. And I don't want to say like ambushing the person or anything like that, but if you clearly can see that there is an issue, I think the biggest thing is taking action. Now, if, if they don't like that, if they're resistant to that, you also have to be in a position where you can't take it personal. You know, I've had people reach out to me or tell me that they have people, you know, to reach out to it, that I try to help and I share my experience. And I understand that, like, if they don't want to take my advice, if, if they don't want to make that decision to live a better life for themselves, I can't get I can't get like, you know, focused on that or let that bring me down. And I also can't take it, take it personal. So, I mean, I guess there's more than one ways to pluck a chicken in, in this circumstance. But for me, I would take immediate action. If I knew somebody close to me was screwing up and they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, um, I'm going to go take action. But I'm also going to understand that I was in that position at one point too. So I also am going to have some empathy to that, you know, versus somebody who maybe didn't deal with being on that side of things. Yeah, which is the key combo, right? Empathy with also like a, Hey, this is a serious issue. We're not letting you off the hook. We're not letting you slide because it's serious, but we also have a lot of care for the fact that this is not an easy road. So tell us like, what does yeah. the future look for, like for Andre? I mean, you're two years past this, this point, you're succeeding in your business. You're on your own uh, as far as living circumstances. What does the tw next 12 to 18 months look like for you? 12, 18 months for me is uh, essentially I, I'm, I, my plan is I'm going to double my business um, uh, this year. So um, in real estate, so as to continue to be consistent with, with, with real estate, with obviously my habits. Um, the next 12, 18 months, as far as personally, I just finished another round. I, I just finished 75 hard yesterday. Um, so I probably do the live hard program. I do want to run a 50 K this year, a hundred K, um, in the next 12 to eight months. And I am considering, uh, the Ironman in Sacramento in October. So those are three things that I'm, I'm looking at, at doing. Another thing is, is, is purchasing my first rental property. Um, I know California is kind of crazy, but I've been looking at some other opportunities out of state. Um, and then um, the biggest thing is being sober the next 12 to 18 months and, and uh, sharing my story. You know, I, I really value and appreciate you having me on here. But I, to be honest, in the next 12 to 18 months, I want to have a lot more of these conversations um, with other people, whether it's podcasts, you know, public speaking, whatever it is, um, because I feel like my story may resonate with people and the only way it can resonate with people is if they hear me share it and what better way to help somebody do better for themselves by sharing like your personal experience right um so that would be really the other big thing that i'd see myself doing in the next 12 to 18 months yeah sharing your story is going to be humongous when you consider the number of people that go through what you have and don't come out the other side the way that you do 
the more clarity you get on that story, the more you're able to articulate, the, it's, it's going to be amazing how many people you're going to help. Well, Andre, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. Like it has been so fun to be able to observe it from afar. And the fact that you post pictures too, like I get to see your physical transformation alongside your mental, emotional transformation. So guys, if you're out there struggling with depression, with alcohol, with anything that is keeping you from being at your best, make sure you tell somebody that you know so that they can help you. They can hold you accountable taking action because freedom, which is what we're about here on the Freedom Chasers podcast, is acquired one action at a time. And by sharing that with someone you know, they can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you're going to be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next episode.